Today we're finding out more about the Community Mental Health Transformation Programme across Staffordshire and Stoke-on-Trent, and specifically the work of combined healthcare within that programme. We're talking today about co-production and what co-production means, and we speak to some of the key leads in this area of work. Hi everybody, okay so my name is Sarah Newton, I'm um, a service manager for transformation within Combined um, and my role with regards to the transformation um, of community mental health services is really to try and kind of coordinate um, our approach to the transformation and all the different elements that it encompasses. Um, so for me that means working with colleagues in MPFT to look at kind of how we can um, ensure parity of service across the whole of Staffordshire and Stoke-on-Trent and then obviously developing um, services and making changes internally within Combined too. Hi, uh, I'm Veronica Emlin and I'm Patient Experience Facilitator within Combined. Um, my role within the transformation is to encourage uh, service users and carers, people who access our services in whatever form that is, to have a say actually in how transformation is um, developing and hopefully to get the best out of the services we get as we're going forward. Hi, I'm Sarah Bloomfield. Um, I'm a service user of Limebrook Centre and I've been involved in some of the discussions around transformation um, and I suppose co-production really. Hello, I'm um, Sue Tams and um, I'm, I was I was a carer and I'm at the moment the chairperson of the Service Users in Carers Council. And I suppose my role about transformation has been, been attending meetings, uh, but un unfortunately some of them have clashed with different things so I haven't been able to always attend. And also we've been talking about co-production uh, with the Wellbeing College. So, uh, so that's where I've had most of my information from co-production. So today we're going to be talking about co-production but a good place to start would be to actually talk about what co-production is. Would anybody like to kick off with that? Shall I say what it means for me? It is very much about the coming together of uh, people who are employed by services coming together with people who access those services right from the beginning of any changes or thoughts, any developments that we're thinking of and to have that, um, it, it's a, what would I call it, it's, um, it's an equitable conversation on the way to go forward for me and that includes not just meetings which we have had a lot of currently <laughs> but actually then actioning those meetings with those people involved and also then about the feedback we get when we finished so it's a, it's a whole process that needs to start at the beginning but on an equitable basis so it doesn't really matter whether I'm employed or not employed by the service it's actually that contribution I can make and, and actually really good contributions have been made so far, very valuable contributions that we're missing if we don't include people in, in developing those, those aspects of work together. The theory is, as Veronica has said, and I, I certainly agree with the theory, it will be interesting 
to see how it moves forward um, and to see how people um, do work as a team. I think that to me will be a very interesting um, thing to watch and to be part of. Yeah. I mean, I think co-production for me is, I swear I've been on the other side of services and I feel it's quite important when you're looking at transforming services that that, that viewpoint is actually put into the process of, of moving forward um, because I think it, as a professional it's different than being actually within a service. Thanks Sarah. And, and that's actually probably I think the key element of the transformation that we probably need to move to. So for me kind of co-production in terms of the transformation is much is is of course about involving people in service design and developments, but it's actually about involving people in their own care and support as well and empowering people to have a voice in what that looks like um, for them um, and how they access services, what their individual plan of you know of support looks like, how they're able to influence that. Um, so I think it's it's all encompassing really. It's about kind of design and developing services and evaluating services, sharing our experiences of kind of you know what's been good bad or or ugly potentially about you know kind of things that have happened to us previously to take learning from that to build um better services going forward that meet local need but i also think at the heart of this it's about individuals being empowered um around their own care yeah and i think i'd you know agree with that sarah in, in that um for me things have changed significantly since i've been more involved in my care and making decisions about my care um, and actually saying yes that works no that doesn't work um, and working with the community mental health team to actually go forward mm -hmm. um, and, and that for me has been really significant. That's really valuable feedback thank you Sarah. So in terms of the transformation programme can we talk through some of the key perhaps the key pathways and how co-production is being involved in those areas. People from both our own services and from MPFT were involved in meetings start over a year ago now, looking at the good, the bad and the not so good or the ugly for want of a better word, um, about so that moving forward those thoughts that could be actually included in part of the, the planning of um, what we would want to look at money for and you know it sounds well having to to bring it down to money but it, it was an important factor of being able to get transformation to start and move it forward there have been other sessions since where views and comments of people from some of the ideas uh, Sarah was involved in one of the meetings looking how are we going to evaluate services we're talking about changes but how are we going to know they've worked and measured um, there's been uh, people involved with procurement of, of services and uh, various aspects of those things because so much of it is about working with other organizations like the third sector as well so actually having people involved in 
do we think this is a good idea? What kind of roles should we be thinking about? Why would you think of that role when we've already got that role? Which again, I think having people that that, that live locally ha do access services, not just our own, but others as well, has been a really important factor of that co-production moving forward. Um, so I think it's probably fair to say it's involved lots of meetings, but I'd like to think people fail. They had that opportunity to really comment about what was important to them, what wasn't necessarily so important. And, and Sarah hit the nail on the head by saying, you know, as, as a professional within a, an organisation, you have a view, but that doesn't necessarily match up with somebody who's accessing the services view. And, and those subtle differences have been really important, but it involved in, in various aspects with MPFT service users and carers as well as we've moved forward. And, and I think like Sarah says, she knows more about how we're going to move forward from now on. But I think we're at a, a really exciting time, actually, in terms of there's been that a lot of groundwork's being done from people who've already been involved and now it's how we move on from there effectively. So maybe it's a good time to talk about when does co-production work well? I mean, we've touched on it, haven't we, saying that it's not just meetings, but it's actually being in the room with people, engaging people's thoughts. I mean, I, I guess from a principal's point of view, I'd say it works well when it's flexible, when there isn't one format, one way to do it, and actually people can have their say in whatever way they feel comfortable. So it, it might be a diary for someone, it might be a, a meeting like we're having now, or it might be you know, being able to kind of input and have access to their care and support plan and be able to actually kind of ask questions or alter it themselves, you know, those sorts of things it could be anything really. And I think for me, it's about it not taking one shape. And it's like Veronica said, we've probably been a bit restricted with COVID and lot, you know, that actually we've, we've been a bit hampered with some of that, but it'd be great if we can try and find ways for more people to be engaged because actually there's not a blueprint for how we've got to do it it's about like be involved in whatever way you want to however you can um at any given time really um i think um innovation as well it's really important you know from an innovation and we and for, for us to be accountable as an organization in terms of the services we've got and i think where it works well is where the whole piece yeah. happens so the whole circle happens so we ask people you know, for their views, their thoughts, we involve them in what they come to shape and does, you know, what that looks like. And then we go back to them and say, what do you think now? You know, did it meet the brief? Is it working? Has it made change for the better? Um, and what do we need to do next? Because you can't ever stop, can you? Um, you need to kind of keep going. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, go on, Sarah. I think for me as a social, as a service user, it's it's having, I suppose, building those relationships with professionals to actually be able to say, well, actually, this didn't work, uh, but this did work. Um, and I agree about, you know, I've always said, and I say it to Veronica lots of times, you know, we need to look at how we get more service users involved and how we can do that, because otherwise you just get a very few people that are speaking and that's not a service user's voice. Mm. Yeah. I think it's as well, it's about everyone knowing what the 
what they are aiming for you know not specifics perhaps but we so we so we want this uh, this service user to move forward to be better to get better to feel in control of what is happening and um, and i suppose from a carer's point of view um uh, uh, I, I because of my husband's illness which was over a long time um often i had to be his spokesperson because he, he couldn't speak and it was really quite difficult sometimes um to have everybody looking at well what do we want what does he want how do we how do we find out what he wants and things like that and what works for him and i suppose that that's in each individual each service user it's what works for them isn't it and what works for that family mm. and i suppose that leads on to sort of person-centered care doesn't it really yes yeah mm. actually none of it's really new it's just about making sure that we we are going through the process we are actually um feeling that this is the right thing to work in this way and take everybody along with us because people don't like change often and it and that's that's uh, professionals and service users and families you know if it's always happened like this this is the way we want it happening type of thing so it's about taking everybody with you and how do we do that Sarah touched on a really interesting point there, which is about how do you hear from the people who don't come forward, who don't engage perhaps with, with the communications we send out, the meetings we have. So it's so seldom heard from people, so seldom heard from groups. Is there any work happening within the transformation programme around that that we could talk about? Yeah, there's probably a couple of bits. And Veronica, if I touch on the health equalities bit, would you be all right to kind of talk about the, you know, the innovation with regards to the, you know, like the kind of group we're hoping to get off the grounds? Yeah. Yeah, with, with regards to involvement. So um, we know um, from all of the kind of health inequalities mapping that was done as part of the transformation that we've got some particular groups that find it incredibly hard to access services, first and foremost, and then their experiences of services when they do access them aren't always ideal or great or aren't as we'd hope them to be. So um, through that, we've identified, if you like, some priorities for year one, year two and year three in line with the three years that the transformation is expected to kind of take um, for us to really, really focus on kind of distinct groups that we just know are hugely underrepresented um, in our services. So, so in year one, that's taking kind of a focus around um, young adults, 18 to 25 year olds, older adults specifically, where there's a kind of um, serious mental health um, concern. We've got men over 40 um, and then kind of a group that consists of Muslim community, Eastern European community and our asylum and refugee kind of families and individual children, um, all inclusive, really. Um, so that there's a, there's a whole work stream around that to try and understand how can we engage with each of those groups in this first year? How can we reach out to them and understand what their experiences are? 
And then once we understand them, what are we going to do about it? What suggestions have they got to make things better? And how can we implement them, make them real and make things, you know, improve things for, the, for those groups of individuals? So that work's just starting, but it's really exciting. And there's already some amazing linkages that have been made, I know, um, from within the trust to kind of local groups and things that that perhaps we've not always known are there or we've not always had kind of links with, but just through the startings of this work, we're already, you know, kind of tapping into one another and understanding what one another does. Um, and hopefully then we'll be able to kind of come up with some shared solutions about what we can do to improve things um, for families and individuals that do need to access services. And and linked to that then, the, the um, staff who are in sort of connected to engagement across the system are going to be working together. So we're not going to be one, one me doing a little piece of work and somebody else doing a piece of work and no communication. So actually we're also not only co-producing with people who access services, but also fellow colleagues that maybe we wouldn't usually have had those connections with. So we're co-producing ourselves um, on how we can go forward. And as Sarah, uh, Sarah said about the, the group that's looking at those um, groups that actually just don't access us so easily or readily or whatever word you want to use as, as others. Also, we have a new um, staff member who is particularly working on uh, engagement and transformation, which I think is a, a major step forward to have that. I'm aware that uh, within NPFT, they also have uh, different roles um, that actually will enable that to happen. But what we've got to do is go out there and meet with people and connect with people. Um, and that includes our GP practices. So, for example, I, I, I'm going to go out to their patient panel, a couple of different PCN um, patient panels to talk to them and see what they know, actually. What do they know about what we're doing? Because, um, you know, we come from a mental health framework, really. But I, there's a lot of differing ways that we're going to be engaging with people across the working with our uh, local authority colleagues as well through the community-led support and there's community connectors, there's social prescribers and, and it's about getting a sense of what different communities want but we can't always give people absolutely what they want but also what's needed and, and how do we need to change as a workforce to address some of those uh, concerns that they're raising as well. So if somebody's listening to this podcast and they are a service user of, of combined healthcare and they want to get involved in what we're doing within the transformation programme, how, how can they approach us? Contact me. <laughs> I would be really, really happy. Um, I'm happy to talk to people uh, about the various options there are. And, I, and there are differing options for people in how to take part as well. So it could be that they want to attend meetings. It could be that actually they prefer to gain information or be kept informed by minutes, notices, whatever, which we have done with people and then we'll get feedback off them that way. So when we have done some work, if people haven't been able to come to meetings, they've had that information set out to them so they can comment and, and send it back. 
Um, but really happy to speak to anybody about how they would like to get involved. What would they like to do? What are their interests? People have so many different experiences that are absolutely amazing for us, to, for them to be able to share with us because we learn all the time from other people and, and their work experience, their life experience, whatever those experiences are, their experience of living in a particular community that I'm not, you know, I don't have that access to is really important. So yeah, contact um, and I will ring them, return their call. I think for me as a service user, I wasn't involved until when would it be from about April? Yes. Time. Yeah. Um, and I've actually found it. I found that I've been able to express things that I haven't found good, but I've also been able to express things that have been good. And for me, it's been an important part. Mm. I think of my recovery. And that's so powerful. And I was about to ask, actually, you know, how, how you'd come to be involved or, you know, see. And I think, actually, I don't know if it's fair to say, Veronica, that that's probably a bit of work we also need to do about encouraging people through our, you know, relationships with service users in a kind of in a professional capacity day to day. Yeah. So if you're, for example, a nurse or whomever you might be really supporting an individual that you think about, actually, are they aware of the opportunity to be involved? Are they aware of you know what that could do for them and how that might support them? And it's so powerful hearing you say that, you know, in terms of actually it's helped your recovery, which is amazing, isn't it? Um, and do we always consider it like that? I don't know that we do. I don't know. How I got into it is that, that my care coordinator actually asked me to do the patient story on video. Um, and from that, I think things have snowballed as the thing is. <laughs> but uh, but well, it, does, it does give me that, I suppose, that chance as well to say to managers, this was not good. This could be done better. Um, but as well as acknowledging, this was done well. I, I think sort of to link it back, I would never underestimate the value of what Sarah's done for us as a trust either and what Sue's done for us as a trust with their involvement. Um, so it's it's that we you know it's really nice to hear Sarah in that sense, but we we both gain we, you know I gain I gain from knowing people like Sarah and Sue in the first place you know as an individual worker I gain from from that but also as an organization it, it's been that I feel it's that two-way you know hopefully people gain from from that involvement with us but actually as an organization we've gained so much knowledge and experience through their own experiences and and that sort of takes it back to that's the core of co-production isn't it yeah you know um I'm not an expert in Sarah's care, Sarah is, um, and, and that's slightly important, yeah. And I think we are likely to hear or talk about ourselves when things went wrong, and perhaps we don't celebrate the things that are done really well. 
you know and and i think that that's really sad yeah. we should celebrate more <laughs>